Nehemiah chapter 4, and then look at verse number, I'm going to get right to the, the part where we got to last week, and then continue from last week's lesson. Verse number 14. Nehemiah 4, verse number 14, it says this, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye what? Afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Now, terrible does not mean he's awful. That word terrible means incredible. Uh, this, this, when you guys, man, that, like, like that is... So terrible, we often think that is is awful. But in this vernacular, uh, it actually means he is incredible, uh, of of great terror or great might, great and terrible. Now, here's this says as a result of that, <clears throat> and fight for your brethren. Now, finish the rest of the sentence with me. Ready? Fight for your brethren and your sons and your your and your. Amen. And so this is a married couples class, and so all the men here have a wife. Hopefully you don't have wives, okay? Now you understand the, the, the application here, but, um, but your wives, your children, I'm sorry, your sons, your daughters, and your houses. How many of you have a place to live in? Apartment, trailer, uh, house, something or other, okay? And um, how many of you do have children, okay? Uh, and if you don't, you at least have each other. And uh, praise God for that. What a great foundation to build on. <clears throat> Let's pray. We'll get started. Lord, I pray you help us this morning. Lord, we need you in this lesson. Lord, we need you as we once again uh, rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, as we learn about uh, this thing about our marriages being strong for the sake of just being able to stand for right and truth. Lord, I pray that you would uh, give us that resolve today. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Lord, grant us your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, <clears throat> in May of 1643, a fellow by the name of John Winthrop, heard of, if you have ever heard of him, one of our uh, pioneers back in the day of the uh, Puritans and whatnot, after uh, the Mayflower and all this and that. And one of the very first constitutions that was developed uh, was called the, oh, bro, I think it's called the Pilgrim Confederation Constitution. And uh, on that constitution that was developed, one of the main purposes for moving to this land and uh, being pilgrims in a strange land one of the reasons in this constitution and it stated that way we, we may freely express preach and proclaim the truths of the gospel the truths of the gospel and th that's almost 400 years ago that was written down in our before we declared independence from great britain but even our purpose of that time even being under british rule uh, the purpose of even exploring this direction and founding that early, early uh, local constitution was simply so we could freely express, one of the reasons to freely express, and uh, the truths of the gospel. I thought about that. I thought, man, that's pretty amazing. And how important that is. But how many know that in almost 400 years, we've, we've gone a different, I mean, we've, we've strayed a little different, uh, different course, you know. 
But I'll say this, to get back to those fathers, to get back to that, our roots, it's not very hard. It's simple. Just work on myself. And then work on some, and as the church grows and everybody works on themselves, and as church is, plural, grow, and all the Christians of those churches work on themselves, you're going to find that the communities grow, the churches grow, the Christians grow, and then as a result, the country grows spiritually. And the country starts that wave of revival. It all starts with this one. It all starts with, with, with one church, you know, one Christian. And um, so all that being said is, number one, we said this last week when we had the TV. By the way, anybody here work on electronics? If you do, let us, let us know. By the way, he, he mentioned a few things that were different. Anybody know something else that's different here this morning? The lights. The lights. Very good. How many notice it's a little bit brighter in here? Did you notice that? Didn't catch it at all? Okay. So, yeah, these are all new LED, I think they're LEDs or whatever, but uh, as opposed to the old mercury bulbs and all that. But anyway, but yeah, so now you can read the Bible. Amen. You can see it. Um, and then like one was out over here. I don't know if you remember that. It was really dark in this corner. You know, have you noticed that? But whatever. Uh, but yeah, good, good eye. All right. We <clears throat> said so number one, that is this. Fight for your own spiritual battles. So if you have got your folders or whatever, take these notes today. And if we don't have the TV next week, I'll do the best I can to give you my notes. And then that way you can have notes and uh, fill in the, I'll do maybe some fill in the blanks or whatever. But number one, fight your own spiritual battles. We took some time. We talked about the different battles of the spirit, Romans chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 4. And, uh, and then I, I didn't get to this, but um, letter A under this would be how do we fight our own spiritual battles. Number letter A would be focus. Okay, so write this down, focus. Um, we said last week, how remember we gave the, the illustration with how important it is for us to focus on the biblical principles. And then after we get biblical principles or doctrines, and then it leads us to biblical what? Anybody remember? Convictions, okay, that we, we have our own beliefs, right, based off of God's word. And then it leads me to biblical what? Standards, right. So these are the boundaries that I'm going to set up to make sure that I can uh, stay or st stay yielded or obey to the my own personal convictions, biblical convictions, because of what the pastor says, because of what my mom and dad said. Now, as children, that's correct, but as grown adults uh, in, in your, and having your own family, that's not correct. Uh, so I have all this because of what the what says, the Bible says, right? So. Um, Anyhow, now, <clears throat> so it's a matter of focus. Go to um, uh, hold Nehemiah 4 there, if you will, and go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, look at this real quickly. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to see here that we all have our own demons, if you will, uh, things that we all struggle with personally. And Hebrews chapter 12 alludes to this. And verse number, uh, verse number one, wherefore seeing we also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every what? Weight. This word weight means mass or burden. Let us lay aside our, our weights or the burdens. Um, and the what? Sin, which doth so easily beset us. And so this is the 
um, this, the, this easily besets us as the thwarts of my direction. So I, I say, Pastor, I want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's something that I have in my life that so easily thwarts or easily distracts or easily besets me and, and gets me off track. Listen, 1643, when the whole sole desire was to tell the truth of the gospel, 2018, uh, boy, what a big difference in our country and, and a big, easily besetting sins that we've possessed. Now, there's a difference between a weight and a sin. So if you notice what the Bible says there, um, understanding the difference between the weight and the sin. The sin is something that burdens me, uh, something that weighs me down or burdens me. And the sin is that which is in direct disobedience to the Word of God or also to the Holy Spirit. But both of these things easily beset us and let us run the, uh, with patience the race that is set before us. And so he gives it to a, a um, Olympic, uh, Olympic type of sporting event, like a running, like a race. And anytime, you know, you've got weights and whatnot, they weigh you down. And, uh, and so, but there's a difference between the weight that weighs us down and the sin that uh, gets us off track or easily besets us, which is a thwarting or a off track. So a weight slows me down, the burdens of life, right? If I'm running my race, it slows me down. I'm on track, but it slows me down. But the sin gets me off track, okay? So you see, I understand that there a little bit. And so now, what's this to do with focus? Go to verse number two, if you will. Uh, looking, there's your focus. Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, uh, so that looking is our focus. We are to be looking unto Jesus, right? The author and finisher of our faith. Pastor, how do we do this? I'm looking in the Word of God. Uh, I'm looking in prayer. Uh, I'm looking in study. Uh, I'm looking in church. I'm looking in Sunday school. I'm looking in the, you know, just different avenues of being able to hear the voice of God. And I, I'm looking that looking is a searching it's i'm focused this is what i'm intent on and so let me go back again to understand what our focus is <clears throat> this matter of weight there's a good weight and a bad weight the weight that's referring to here is the bad weight the good weight is this is and peter talks about thinking that strange when the fiery trials come upon you so there are times that god does allow the burdens of life to come upon you you could be right with God. I mean, do nothing, I mean, as far as you know, do nothing wrong, but the Lord just allows, like a Job, a perfect and upright man, feared God and hated or eschewed evil. Was there anything wrong with Job? Was Job in sin? That's why God took his children and all this? No. But how many understand if you lost 10 of your children, all 10 of your children, you don't you think that'd be a pretty big burden? That, that would slow you down. That's a big weight. That's not what Hebrews is talking about. He's not talking about that kind of weight where God slows you down and you get alone with God and it's a, you, it's a, you know, it's a God and I time. Not that thing. But it's the weights that I put on myself. For example, uh, watching TV for four hours a night would be a weight that I put on myself. Is that in direct disobedience to the Word of God? Well, no, it's not. Uh, do I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me saying it's wrong? You might not. You might not have that, uh, that, that Holy Spirit conscience that beats on your heart to say, 
Maybe you ought to be doing something else more productive, or maybe you ought to be doing something that's more spiritual, whatever the case may be. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't have that. Uh, but yet, it very possible is a weight that I put on myself. Let me give you another illustration. For me to own, for me personally, I'm not talking about you. you some of you might be able to do this, but uh, for me to own three cars, a camper, a boat, a couple of, uh, of trailers, maybe two or three horses, uh, a barn, and, uh, and all these things. Is there anything wrong with boat, tra camper, trailers, barn, uh, horses? Anything wrong with those? Is that, is that sin? Absolutely not. But there's no way in the world that I, me personally, could pastor this church and be bogged down with those things of life. Because all those things require maintenance. And just to be maintaining them, and who's going to take care of the horses, and who's going to, you know, get the hay, and who's going to make sure the camper is winterized, and who's going to make sure this and that, and make sure this is and that, and there's a lot. How I many understand that stuff's a lot of work? And so that, for me personally, would be a weight for me. I would not be able to serve God effectively and also maintain my lifestyle, of my, you know, enjoyments of life. The, the, the you know, with men, uh, we don't lose our toys; they just get more bigger. Or not more bigger, but they just get bigger and uh, cost a little more money. <laughs> you know, when you get older. But ladies, they they do. They 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 lose their. I mean, they they you know they, they start to cook and they have kids and so they're they're busy and you know all of a sudden it's. But us man, we, we yeah I gotta uh, I'm gonna get out there. Maybe you know maybe do something for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you a good wedding present, good anniversary gift. Yeah, what's that? Get you a good, good 20 gauge. <clears throat> That's what you need is a good 20 gauge. You know, hunting's coming up. Got some ducks coming up. You know, whatever. I'm gonna get you a 20 gauge. And you know, men's toys. We just, we just, uh, we love we love toys, but very easily it can be a weight. And uh, so I have to remember. You know, my focus is number one, God. Number two, uh, my family. Uh, number three, this ministry, and also in that order. But um, so think about those weights, right? Lay aside every weight and the sin. So what, what am I focusing on? Now, listen, when you get married. Let me just take a little, little, little understanding here. How many remember what it used to be like to be single? Right? How many of you, I mean, be straight up now. How many of you actually kind of enjoyed being single? Right? I mean, it was just independent, you know, do what you want. Ain't got to tell her, don't got to tell them nothing. Right? Just, man, I'm doing my own thing. And praise God, that's good. So, good. Right? And so, being single, man, listen, I got to get approval to spend money. Uh, I can go out to eat whenever I want. You know, it's just, it's, I mean, it's just me. It's just my money. You know, I got my own, my own place. I can come and go. If I want to work, listen, if I want to work overtime, if I want to put in 20 hours in a day, I ain't got to call in. I ain't got to report. I ain't got to like you know, check in. I ain't got to touch base. I ain't got to do any of that. Uh, man, you know, praise God. I mean, I've got liberties. Man. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. And, uh, but, <clears throat> but all of a sudden now I fell in love. Right? I didn't fall in love. I jumped in love, man. I went both feet in. I'm, 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 I'm loving this woman. I jumped in love. So I fell in love and uh, everything was great. You know, she was independent. I'm independent. Very good. I got my own life. So I got I me, mean, I got my motorcycle. I got my car. Uh, I got my tractor. You know, I got, uh, you know, all, all my toys. Man, I got my rifles. You know, uh, I, I, got, I got my. I got my scheduled weeks of hunting. I've got my scheduled uh, nights of basketball. And listen, nobody interferes with my basketball time. I've got my scheduled nights of bowling league. I've got my scheduled nights of this and this and that. And so she knew that before I got married. 
She knew all that. Come wedding day, and uh, da, 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 come on. And she gets, she comes up, and uh, we get we get married happily ever after. Hallelujah. After the Tuesday after our honeymoon, I say, babe, I gotta. I'm gonna see you. I'm leaving. I'm going with the men, and we're gonna go I'm going to do my bowling. And she looks at me like, "You doing what? You going where? And with who? <laughs> well, wait. You married me. You didn't marry them. You married me. Well, baby, you knew I was doing this for. Yeah, but I thought when we got married, it's me and you, baby. Like it's 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 you know me and you time. And like, hang on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. When you married me, you married the whole kit and caboodle. I mean, you got the whole bowling league, you got the basketball, you got the hunting. I mean, you got everything involved. You know, I mean, you, you should have known that. I mean, that's, that's just common sense. Every woman on the planet knows a man's got to play basketball, go bowling, go hunting. I mean, come on. But to the marriage, that's a weight. Is that sin? No. But it is a weight. It slows down the relationship of the marriage. It hinders the marriage. Now, if I can work those things out, great. But I'm gonna tell you, in most cases, no, actually, in no cases, in no case, do I live the exact same way when I was single as I do after I got married? Because my whole life has changed. Now I have two people that have become one, and now I'm becoming her schedule, and she's becoming my schedule, and now we need to work these things out. What I used to do, I don't. There's been a great change since I've been born. There's been a great change since I've been born. There's been a great change since I've been born. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The things I used to do. I... Now, that's talking about when you get saved, right? When you get born again and the way of the world, I don't live that way no more. But listen, the things I used to do as a single person, I don't do them anymore. You know what I mean? I just, you know, so ladies, same thing, you know, the ladies' night outs, and, and I'm not against any of that stuff, you know, I'm going to go hang out at the mall all night long with my girlfriends, you know, and then I have my, you know, whatever time, I'm not against any of that, but when that stuff takes priority over the marriage, and if you, if you and your spouse do not have quality and large amounts of time together, that those independent lifestyle uh, or single type of lifestyle uh, activities that are separated from the spouse can be very damaging. Listen, um, well, I'm going to keep going all of that, but you get the point. So the, the weight, so you understand the difference between a weight and a sin. So if I was to lust after another woman, that would be a what? A sin. Uh, but for me to go bowling on a Tuesday night, now listen, it might not be a big deal. She might be all good with it, and I'm great, you know. But if she's got an issue with it and she wants me to stay home, guess what it is? It's a weight. And so I gotta be very careful. I'm gonna make sure that I'm focusing, focusing razor sharp in my marriage. Focusing first of all on Jesus Christ, but also my spouse and uh, keep that focus sharp, amen? There's three construction workers that were building a cathedral in Europe as the story goes. A man walked up to these construction workers as they're building this, this magnificent, soon to be magnificent cathedral. And he asked the one, he said, listen, just kind of at ground level, you know, and they're like, what are you guys doing? Like, you know, what's going on here? What do you, what do you, he said, oh, he said, uh, I'm laying bricks. Well, I see that. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm laying bricks. Okay, whatever. Goes to the second construction worker and says, hey, man, I said, what's going on here? And the guy looks at him and says, oh, he goes, I'm, I'm building a wall. He's like, yeah, I see that. But I mean, like, but what's going on here? Goes to the next guy and he asks the third guy, he says, hey, man, see, man, look, what's, what's going on here? He said, um, I'm building a cathedral. Now, you couldn't see it yet, but that's what's going on here. We're building a cathedral. And he kept his focus. I'm not looking at the brick. I'm not looking at the wall. I'm looking at the scope. And the scope is we're building a cathedral. Listen, we're looking at today as I just got to eat, drink, and be merry. I, I just got to go to work, punch in at six, leave it, whatever, four. I just got to go home. I got to sit down. I got to watch my TV. That's the guy laying brick. I just got to make sure my kids get to school. I got to make sure that this, this, and that. And, and uh, looking down the, the week's horizon, I got to make sure I pay my, pay my bills this week. I got to make sure that, you know, this gets fixed and this gets fixed. Okay, good. You're building a wall. But the person who understands and recognizes the weight and also the sin has to focus on, no, no, no. We're building a family. We're building a marriage here. I'm not just going to work. I'm not just paying bills. I'm not just fixing the house. No, no, no. The scope is I'm building a marriage. I'm building a family, which means this. When I look unto Jesus and I lay aside those weights and I lay aside the sin, I have to see, first of all, the scope to say, wait a minute, this is not about just working and fixing my house and just trying to like just survive. No, no, no. This is about building a marriage. And so therefore, I have to look at this thing from the scope's perspective and say, listen, is, is playing basketball that big of a deal? No. Is going bowling that big? No, no. Is going hunting? No, no, no. Is going shopping or hanging out with a girlfriend? No, no. None of that stuff's a big deal. No, it's not. But the scope of it is when I look at it and say, look, but, but the whole point of us, what we're doing here is, honey, sweetie, baby cake, we're building a marriage. And so we have to lay aside the weights. We've got to lay and, and, and lay aside the sins that so easily thwarts our direction, gets us off track. Now, listen, the same way with Pastor, I'm, I go to church because I need to be in church. It's back to school Sunday or back to Sunday school Sunday. Um, I, I, I go to church because um, Pastor is preaching a message on, um, on, on something about children. So I want to hear about the thing about children. Okay, that's all good. No, no. We're going to church because we're raising our family. We want to raise our family in Christ. We're going to church because the scope is I want to build my marriage again. So all these things are, are centered around that scope. And so, number one, that would be just a letter A, focus. Focus, focus, focus. Have a clear picture of what you're doing, why you're doing it. Keep your scope uh, in perspective. This this clear picture of what we're doing is critical to victory in our personal spiritual battles. Number Letter A, or letter B, rather. Letter B is faithfulness. Faithfulness. I want to take a minute here and just, just go to 1 Corinthians, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and look at faithfulness. Verse number 58. 1 Corinthians 15, and then look at 58. <clears throat> 
Go ahead and read this verse together. Ready? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, nowhere in that verse does it say faithful, but everywhere in that verse it says faithful, right? So be steadfast, faithful, always abounding, faithful, um, unmovable, faithful. So as we know that our labor is not in vain, faithful. Uh, Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Be faithful in study. Uh, be faithful. Uh, over the years when I'm counseling couples, and as a matter of fact, I had a couple this week, and it's, it's so epic. Listen, you were talking about somebody that's very faithful. Usually this, a, a couple that is struggling, usually, not always, but usually, they come in and I'll ask one of them, Sometimes both admit the same thing, but usually one will admit and say, I'll ask him this, do you, or are you rather, in the word, praying, know the way, way it should? You know, Pastor, be honest with you, I haven't been reading the Bible, I haven't been praying, uh, I, I, I have been. Well, we need to be, we need to be faithful. Uh, we need to be faithful to make sure that we're in the book, in prayer. One of the things that our, our kids, and again, we're, we're, we're building a, even if you don't have kids, right? We're building a foundation in our marriage and a pattern of behavior for the day that God does give us an opportunity. But not only that, we're also doing it for our own marriage. Uh, we're doing it so that we are established and settled and made perfect in the Lord. So, <clears throat> and that is this. My spouse knows when I'm out, walking with God the way that I should. If anybody knows that I'm not right, it's my wife. If anybody knows, she's going to know. If anybody knows if she's not right, it's going to be her husband. Now, beyond that, if anybody's going to know that I'm not right, it's also going to be my kids. They're going to know. But they're only like four and five and six or whatever. They know. Believe it or not, these kids, bro, they got eyes like hawks. They sense it. They know it. They know when dad used to pray and be kneeling over there by the sofa or used to pray downstairs or used to pray wherever, and all of a sudden dad's not there no more. They know. And so I need to be faithful, but I don't feel like it. I got so many weights, right? Things have been added to my life. I, maybe I have added things to my life. Listen, if one of the best things we could do is to simply simplify life, bring her down to bare bones, and to make sure that if anything, I'm faithful with my walk with God, faithful to prayer. Well, Pastor, I'm faithful to put food on the table. Amen. I've heard it all the time. Pastor, what I do as a husband, my main job is that I work and provide money. Somebody's got to pay the bills. You're right, and amen to that. But that is not the biblical priority. Uh, yes. He that provideth not for his own is worse than an infidel. That is true. But can I say Ephesians chapter 5 has much more weight and bearing to say this, that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So if I love my wife as Christ loved the church, which means this, I need to be walking with Christ in order to know that appropriate that love. I need to know, I need to know God in order to have that because God is love. So really my main priority before I work 
is to make sure that I'm disciplined to walk with God. Now, let me just say this and I'm done in closing. Am I already over? One more thought and I'm done. Because I got, I got to say this today because I'll lose it next week. <clears throat> and that is this. In many cases, we lose a generation because the parents did not have uh, discipline or character or were not faithful. Which means this. If dad is inconsistent in his walk, a lot of times Johnny and Susie don't catch it. Because Johnny and Susie are going to be watching mom and dad and how they walk with God. That's a major, major uh, parallel. It's a great example. And so what happens is this is mom and dad aren't faithful. The kids don't even get it. They, they have no idea how to walk with God. We don't teach them. We don't train them. And so therefore the kids just kind of go up and just do their own thing. And we lose a generation of kids because moms and dads. Were not, so one of, the, one of the biggest things we could do to stay focused in this matter of uh, walking with Christ in our own fighting our own spiritual battles is making sure that I have character and make sure that I'm faithful to my own walk with God and my own thing. Why? Because that discipline and that character, I'm going to be able to instill. Nothing worse than for a parent to say, do as I do. I'm sorry, do as I say and not as I do. Oh, isn't that the worst? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know I do drugs, but don't you do drugs. It's the worst thing for you. That's the worst thing you can say. I know I don't want you to drink, but... I know I drink, but it's, I, don't, I, don't, I only get one, I, I, just one bottle. I just do one can thing. But you guys, no, no, don't, don't, don't ever touch it. It's not good for you. I don't want you to smoke, but, but they, they see, the, they see the, the cigarette butts in the back porch. It doesn't really resonate. They don't get it. They just don't get it. But when I live the life, and I walk the walk, and I talk the talk, and then when I say to Johnny and Susie, listen, I want you to, I want, I want you to finish your job. I want you to work diligently. I want you to, to have a walk with God, and, and I model that, and I example that. And they watch mom and dad and have that walk with God, and they watch dad work hard, and they watch dad live holy, and they watch dad, you know, not be on the internet looking at things he shouldn't be. And they watch dad not, they watch mom revering the dad, and they, they, they see it. And when they see that, listen, that gives so much hope to that next generation uh, and, to that, and, to, and to those kids. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's huge. Some of you have been in a, what I would say, a hypocritical home. Am I okay in saying that? And you've seen that and how it's affected you. And some of you have what we call relapsed in sin. And thank God, by His grace, He's brought you back. Amen. Amen. But I am teaching this and trying to model this for my kids to say, I don't want me to be the reason of why you leave the Lord because I'm a hypocrite. And so I want to be, make sure that I'm fighting my battles, be focused, and be faithful. Amen. We'll finish it later. Lord, I pray you help us today. Lord, thanks so much for your love to us. Thank you, Lord, for this hope that we have in you. And Lord, that we would model this to our children, Lord, as they're watching. But Lord, even beyond our children, Lord Jesus, that we would do this for our own marriages. Lord, beyond our marriages, Lord, that we would do this because we love you. Lord, we want to be in tune with you. Lord, fighting for our sons and daughters, our wives. So, Lord, I pray you help us to be focused. Lord, help us to be faithful. And Lord, that we would just continue to fight the good fight of faith on our knees in the Word simply because we love you. We're doing it for our wife, our husband.